and welcome to this week's episode of Pod Zone Country, the politics podcast from the Yorkshire Post. My name is Caitlin Doherty and I am your Westminster correspondent. This week, our reporters have been looking in depth at the health inequalities faced by rural and coastal communities across the region. One of those reporters who has been embarking on this has been Vic Finan, who is our social affairs correspondent. How are you? I'm doing all right, Caitlin. Nice to be back on uh, Pod's Own Country again. How are you? I'm very, very good. Thank you. Um, so there has obviously been several... When you talk about healthcare, it's a very overarching term, isn't it? You know, you've got social care, you've got GP practices, you've got pharmacies, you've got... And then you've got hospitals, which I think is quite often the quintessential thing that comes to mind with people when they think about the NHS. People have been relying on the NHS more than ever in the last year amid the immense pressure of the pandemic, but maybe fewer people have been going to hospital as waiting lists get longer and wards have been filled up with COVID patients. What sort of impact, what sort of inequalities and issues are we seeing in rural communities at the minute at that local level? So across the coastline um, in our region, it it's a mixed picture, depending on what part of the coastline you're looking at. But certainly in areas like Hull and Scarborough, for example, you see uh, pockets with very high levels of deprivation and social inequalities. And um, we know that people living in, de- in deprived conditions uh, often have health problems that are exacerbated by deprivation, uh, may need more specialist care. Um, and in some cases, very sadly, are likely to die younger because of the health inequalities that they face. Um, what you're seeing across the board, um, if you live in a coastal community, though, is that specialist care, if you need it, um, is often not as easy to come by as what it is if you live in a major town or city. Um, so, for example, um, if you, for example, have an accident or emergency in Whitby, which is one of our coastal towns up in at the top of the North Yorkshire Moors, uh, normally you'd be sent to Middlesbrough to James Cook Hospital there. Um, to be treated because they they don't have A&E services there. Um, So it's things like that, really, about making sure that people across the coastline have the health care that they need. But one thing where we're really seeing this quite acutely outside of hospitals is in terms of GP recruitment. Um, GPs obviously um, tend to work in small, you know, small practices of maybe five or six GPs. And not always, but tend to, you know, you tend to become a GP a little bit further on in your career um, after being a junior doctor for a while. And you might be expected to settle in one of those communities and perhaps bring with you a partner and children. And what we're seeing across the coastline is that there's a real problem with recruiting GPs to these communities uh, to find them attractive places where they don't just want to work, but they want to live. There are things that have been done to... Um, manage that from the NHS perspective. I don't know if, if you want me to go into them in a bit more detail. Yeah, no, that would be great. Um, so the NHS have launched uh, basically a cash sweetener for certain communities um, to recruit GPs. So uh, every year, I think for about the past five or six years, they've had this targeted recruitment scheme where if you agree as a trainee GP to train in a certain area, you get a one-off payment which is £20,000. So at the moment in our region, Hull and Scarborough have both got targeted placements where you can apply as a trainee GP uh, to train there and get that one-off cash injection. Sounds good, but 
according to one of our leading GPs in the region, who's a chap called Professor Mike Holmes, this just isn't enough to attract people. Um, £20,000 is it's not, no denying it's a lot of money, but in the context of a potential 25, 30 year career in a certain community, it, it's it's not a huge amount compared to you know what you'd be expecting to bring in annually having worked at a GP practice for many years. What he said is that actually the problem lies in a more holistic space that we need to make sure that coastal communities are attractive places to live, not just because of healthcare, but by improving the schools, by improving transport links, and by ensuring that people who are moving to coastal communities with partners and families, that that there are jobs available for them too. So it's a bit of a chicken and egg scenario, really. Um, And the solutions don't seem entirely forthcoming. Mm. The the main bulk of this week's podcast is I spoke to uh, Louise Wallace, who is um, head of public health in North Yorkshire, and she was saying something really similar. She was talking about how great North Yorkshire is, you know, as an area to live and an area to raise a family. But maybe that's something that people don't realise. And it's by bringing that forward that we're going to encourage more people back back into the area to live, uh, to live and to work in these, you know, very specialised clinical jobs. It's something that's been really um, highlighted as well over the past weeks with the Rural Commission report, which um, we worked on a few weeks ago uh, in in depth at the Yorkshire Post. And one of the biggest challenges that the commissioners of that report identified was ensuring that young people who you know perhaps are born and bred in North Yorkshire don't want to leave. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people who aren't from the region picture it as well. It is a, a beautiful idyllic landscape with you know, you've got the moors and the dales, it's very attractive. But a lot of these coastal communities, for example, I'm thinking somewhere like Whitby, you are a good hour and a half drive away from a major city centre. There is a small train station that runs a service to York once every couple of hours and the train itself takes two hours. They're they're not, you know, they're they're quite far out of it. They're not easy places to access. Um, And there's a world of difference between going to Whitby you know, a few times a year as a treat on holiday and, and choosing to make it your home. Mm-hmm. The the reason this is such a hot topic at the moment is um, Professor Chris Whitty, England's Chief Medical Officer, who we've all seen on the TV plenty in the last 18 months. Um, he released his annual report a couple of weeks ago. And one thing that he really went in focus on was um, the health inequalities in rural communities and, you know, the difference in health outcomes compared to more urban areas do you think I know it's a very broad-ranging topic but if you were to pick one thing that you think could help solve these issues Vic what do you think it would be oh my goodness um I'm not expecting you to fix it entirely but just you know one thing that could go some way to helping the problem I think from speaking to the people who I've spoken to from this report over the past week what's struck me is that you can offer people tens of thousands of pounds worth of money you know you can offer them the world to come and live somewhere but ultimately what really matters is the quality of life for the patients that you're serving and as long as coastal communities continue to struggle with deprivation both from a social perspective and from a health perspective these same issues are going to crop up time and time again. Um, we see, you know, every year we hear stories from our 
coastal communities of you know having an incredibly busy tourism season and then it falling flat in autumn winter and that causing lots and lots of anxieties and stresses and I do think it's about ensuring that the quality of life of people living on the coastline improves um and that's I'm afraid I can't give a very easy answer as to as to how we do that but I don't think simply throwing money at GPs and saying come live come come live and work here I think that's a temporary solution to what is a much more broad-ranging problem Brilliant. Thank you so much, Vic, for joining us. And now you will all get to hear my chat with Louise Wallace, Director of Public Health across North Yorkshire. This week, I am speaking to Louise Wallace, who is Director of Public Health in North Yorkshire. Hello, Louise. How are you? Hello, Caitlin. Morning. Morning. Um, Obviously, um, this report came out a couple of weeks ago now, and it was really interesting to see Professor Chris Whitty raise the issue specifically around coastal communities and their healthcare and health provision. Um, from your point of view, what is the status of sort of healthcare and health outcomes in coastal communities on your patch and possibly around the country compared to more urban areas? What are the differences? Sure, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, um, just want to start by saying we really welcome Professor Whitty's uh, Chief Medical Officer annual report. It was very interesting uh, to see that Professor Whitty had focused on coastal communities and the health of people in coastal communities. Obviously, that is a particular interest of ours, given our beautiful coast um, of North Yorkshire, covering many of our uh, sort of towns and villages. So, really welcome the report. Um, I think it was a, a really interesting report in that it did highlight um, some things that we perhaps already knew about the health status of people perhaps living in our coastal communities, um, but also challenged us to think about uh, you, you know, the wider determinants of health, um, issues around employment, around um, educational attainment, around being able to kind of take opportunity to access uh, what is a fantastic um, leisure offer on our doorstep with the beautiful coast where people can actually walk and take exercise and take opportunities to look after their own health and well-being. But I think the report did obviously highlight some issues around, um, you know, the, the, the issues around health outcomes for people living in coastal communities, of which we, we know for North Yorkshire. People living in our coastal communities tend not to have as good health as those in other parts of the county. So, of course, that's been a real focus for public health for many years and will continue to be so. But we'll build on what we've read in uh, Professor Whitty's report. But um, really good to see the focus on communities. But remember, it's um, a beautiful coastline that we have and great opportunity to keep healthy and well. You say that um, health outcomes are... Uh possibly worse in coastal communities than there are in urban areas how does this present itself both in children adults and the elderly you know are people physically more unhealthy or is it maybe just more difficult to go to a pharmacy and pick up your tablets how does this really impact people's day-to-day -day lives Yes, our data tells us that um, we do have uh, perhaps uh, people who are expressing that they are not as healthy and well um, earlier and younger than perhaps the people in the rest of the county. So those sort of healthy years lived are really important to us to focus on, as well as, of course, the length of life that people live, which is uh, lower in, in some of our coastal communities and the county and the England average. So, of course, that's a concern for us. But I think it's very multifaceted. So there's something we can do about looking after our own health and well-being but also um, when we do become unwell seeking help early and taking opportunities to access uh, prevention 
the offer and make sure that we go for screening or that we take up offers of services to help us to perhaps um, you know uh, reduce our unhealthy behaviours, perhaps around smoking or um, levels of alcohol use. So just really thinking about how we might take steps to look after and protect our own health and of course take regular exercise. But equally when we do become ill, making sure that we've got a good offer with our health service colleagues to make sure that people can access care. And that is a, a really important focus of the report as well making sure that we do have um, people able to come and work, clinical staff able to come and work in our uh, you know, health service provision, be it in primary, secondary care, hospital services. Um, and that's a really important part too. So making sure it's quite multifaceted in terms of preventing ill health in the first place, making sure we have lots of healthy years lived. And then also when we do need health care and support, that it is there available. And of course, that requires us to work really closely in partnership with lots of different agencies, not least our NHS colleagues. What about um, among children? You made the point there um, about, you know, uh, people getting their screenings on time, people doing exercise, people eating healthily. Um, but we know that a lot of good habits for a healthy life are are formed in childhood, you know, when doctor's appointments would be booked by an adult, when exercise classes, you would be driven to them by an adult. Is it the case that maybe... Is there sort of a perpetual cycle going on here where maybe coastal communities have more unhealthy adults and that is in turn making children unhealthy and that is those ch that those children, excuse me, are then carrying through those habits through to adulthood? Is this a cycle that needs to be broken? And if so, how, how can we do that? So I think we'd need to understand the evidence more on that. But I think the key messages and the key points I'd like to make is that we are working really closely with our schools across um, the, the coastal communities. We've got the Healthy Schools Award, and it was fantastic to see some of our coastal schools taking part in our recent celebration events. So making sure that young people are um, given the right information early on and encouraged to take part in uh, physical activity regularly, and as well as being informed about um, how to stay healthy and well. And I think as well, just thinking about more emotional health and well-being, making sure that we talk and making sure that we've got um, access to good uh, support, not just physical health, but also our mental and emotional health and working with young people to help them to, to access services or to be able to, you know, get the support that they need through their friends, families and communities is equally important too. So I think it's um, pretty multifaceted. And, and of course, a really important part of this is to make sure that our children fulfil their potential and that they do go to school every day. You know, school attendance is really important in terms of academic achievement and making sure that uh, children get those qualifications that they need to set them up for life. So we're really keen to encourage that as well, encourage working with schools, making sure that we get children the very best start in life, and of course, making sure that they can uh, fulfil their aspirations and potential through um, achieving things academically, but also making sure that they live um, you know, a rounded life and have opportunities um, to really enjoy all aspects of their childhood and adolescence mm. of course we can't talk about anything health related at the moment without mentioning the pandemic which has completely shaped the last 18 months and I'm sure will continue to shape healthcare for many many years to come given what we're talking about here you know um, the particular issues that coastal communities and maybe more rural communities face how I know you're fairly new to the job um, but how have you found this time and what differences are you seeing explicitly as a result of the pandemic? Do you feel like coastal communities are doing worse than doing even worse than they were before in comparison to other areas? 
So I suppose what I would start by saying is a um, huge tribute to, to everybody in terms of the last year, not only the other agencies that we work with in partnerships, our district council colleagues, um, I work with North Yorkshire Police, I work with local communities to, to really deal with the last year. And I think we've seen the very best of people supporting each other, helping each other to get through what has been a really, really difficult time. Um, I think only time will tell, and I think Professor Whitty in his report says there'll be further work done to look at uh, the impact, obviously, of COVID-19 on health inequalities, um, and maybe they've highlighted them further for us. Uh, but of course, you know, making sure we've got a sustainable economy, making sure we've got jobs, uh, making sure people have got opportunity, all contributes to people's health and well-being. So I think as we move through the, the kind of pandemic phases, um, dealing obviously with the infectious disease element first and preventing the spread of the virus, as we move through into recovery and see what, um, you know, what, what, what we've got in terms of people's experience from the pandemic, and that's going to take quite a bit more work to work that through and understand what the real consequences have been. But for me, it's quite, um, quite essential that people have a, a good job that gives good income, that allows them to make choices, that allows people to live the sort of lives that they want to live. But I would really want to stress that, you know, our coastal communities are fantastic. You know, we've got some beautiful coastline there. We've got great assets and it's a fantastic place to come and live and work. So I'd really want, whilst acknowledging and accepting the challenges of health inequalities in coastal communities that are highlighted in this report and perhaps COVID might also accentuate further, um, there's real opportunity here and a real, um, you know, a chance to come and live and work in what is one of the most beautiful parts of the country. Mm -hmm. I think I think a lot of people, it's something that we've seen over the last year or so, a lot of people are choosing to move out of more urban areas to more rural, more coastal areas. You know, the benefits of spending time outside and being somewhere with a bit more space, I think a lot of people have come to realise fairly quickly. Um, but as as the story of the pandemic is sort of moving on we're getting a lot more focus now on things like nhs waiting lists people waiting for appointments checks that may have been missed in the last 18 months that healthcare professionals are trying to catch up with how are you envisaging that recovery in in north yorkshire and are you perhaps expecting to continue to be a bit further behind and if so what support would North Yorkshire and other coastal areas need to sort of catch up? We're, we're nationally playing a big game of catch up anyway. But since coastal communities are at that sort of disadvantage, what sort of extra support or boost would you really like to see? Yeah, so I mean, just um, again, just to pay a testimony to all our health and uh, social care workers who've um, been completely fantastic through the pandemic in in uh, essentially supporting people um, through a very, very difficult time. So just a real acknowledgement of that, people working not just in the NHS, but also in, in our care services and social care. So just want to, to recognise that. Um, we work really, really closely with our NHS leaders across North Yorkshire and York and the Humber Coast and Vale um, integrated care system as it's emerging. And public health is very much part of that. I've um, uh, I, you know, just been in a meeting this morning working really closely with our NHS colleagues. So trying to understand um, you know, the, the issues around access to health services is, is a really important part of the work that we do. Um, obviously, the focus has been on the vaccination programme, on the COVID vaccination programme, encouraging people to come forward for vaccination on COVID. But there are other things that we, we also need to do. So we will soon be starting our flu vaccination programme. We want to make sure that children have had their vaccinations, as I mentioned before, on screening, really important. 
but also about um, when when people have got symptoms or they do want to or do need support from the NHS to come forward and get that support, but to use it appropriately and think wisely about where the best place to go for that help and support is. And of course, thinking about um, that point about what we can all do to keep ourselves healthy and well. And I know that the pandemic has been challenging in many, many ways for people. But I think we have seen uh, people perhaps getting out a bit more and walking and trying to um, take that physical exercise, particularly in those um, uh, weeks and months where people are furloughed and perhaps um, within the rules, we're able to take that daily exercise. And I just want to encourage people to continue to do that. Um, perhaps keep up those healthy uh, habits and behaviours that might have been formed through the pandemic, but real assurance to the people across um, our coastal communities that our work, our county council work with the NHS is critical and a real priority for us. And um, I'm fully embedded in that work programme as we go forward. How long are waiting lists at the moment? Are they longer than they were at this point in 2019? So I haven't got that data with me, Caitlin, this morning, and I guess it would be variable for different services and different interventions. But sure that the NHS colleagues that you'll be interviewing as part of this piece, I'll, I'll certainly give you that, I'm sure. We've we've spoken a little bit today um, about issues with um, attracting staff or rather, yeah, a, a need, the area needing the clinical staff to be able to fulfil its responsibility to um to the local population are you seeing are you having issues attracting staff to gps and hospitals across the area and why do you think that is and again what sort of support would you want to see to help encourage people to come and work in the health services across north yorkshire sure so so um again but i know you're interviewing nhs colleagues as part of this piece so you can um certainly get more detailed information from their operational perspective about how it is to attract staff um but from my point of view i think what professor witty highlights in the report is how we need to work together with health education england and make sure that we um encourage people into training and into those opportunities for learning and of course we've got um the university of coventry in scarborough which is a really great asset and of course are partnering with academic institutions to encourage um, people to come and train and learn in our area and then hopefully settle in and take up a job and an opportunity. So um, that is optimistic for me. That's a, a positive thing. I think um, it's about the whole package for people. Usually it's about um, having a, a nice place to live with good accommodation or housing um, with a job that pays sufficient uh, for them to enjoy uh, their lifestyle. So I think all of that together, um, which is why we want to see our coastal communities invested in, in terms of um, asset and in terms of uh, the offer in our town centres to make it a place where we want to come and spend our social time as much as to work and to live. So all of that work together that we do with our district council colleagues and the partners is key around economic development and making sure that um, those opportunities are there. So whilst, yes, we can attract people to come and learn and hopefully uh, bring their clinical expertise um, recognising that for people to come and do that, it's probably a much more rounded offer that we'll need to be um, encouraging people to do. But um, just take us back to that fundamental point that we have a beautiful natural asset. The coast is absolutely stunning. You know, there's nothing more beautiful for me than to look at the coast, walk along the beach and just see um, the, the, the beauty that is our coast. Um, so not to lose sight of that, we do have lots of things going for us in um, coastal communities, as well as obviously those health inequalities and challenges that I think Professor Whitty is well rehearsed in his report and we look forward to hearing more about that in due course and working on a plan for North Yorkshire coastal communities. Mm -hmm. 
Louise Wallace is Director of Public Health in North Yorkshire. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Caitlin. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Podzone Country. If you have any topics you think we should be covering or any stories you think that we should be digging into, please get in touch with me over email on caitlin.doherty at jpress.co.uk. I'll speak to you next week.